Welcome once again to Lato's Law. Here's Steve Lato. I've mentioned before that I like to watch those videos on YouTube of people being pulled over at the side of the road and the interactions that take place, and sometimes they're quite entertaining. But occasionally you'll see a police officer who comes into contact with a small envelope, a little package filled with some kind of substance. And he wonders what, or she wonders, what is this substance? And then they test it, and they go, oh, oh, this is illicit. We tested it. And so you assume that they've got modern technology that does these kinds of things quite accurately these days. And both Malcolm and John sent me notes to Steve. Check out the story from Fox 5 out of Atlanta. Nearly 1,000 Georgians wrongly busted due to false positive drug field tests. It turns out those tests ain't as accurate as they wished. And, of course, the downside to this is that there were people out there who were told our test indicates that this right here is an illegal substance, and the test itself was flawed, flawed. Randy Travis wrote this, a new study from the Penn Carey Law School at the University of Pennsylvania suggests that 961 Georgians each year, on average, are falsely arrested because law enforcement wrongly trusted the results of a roadside drug test that they probably shouldn't have trusted. These $2 tests are disposable, and they're popular among police to immediately determine whether a substance found in a traffic stop or crime scene is an illegal substance. But a 2018 investigation by the Fox 5i team confirmed 145 false positives in Georgia in one year, either because the tests got it wrong or the police misinterpreted the results. Regardless, innocent Georgians wound up jailed for weeks and sometimes months, sometimes losing jobs or missing important family moments. Of course, getting locked up when you shouldn't be. We don't need to explain what you missed. That was inappropriate. It should not have happened. What tested positive, you might ask? Well, uh, we've talked about some of this before. Cotton candy, vitamins, breath mints, and bird droppings. Now, to be fair to the birds, it's a tough life being a bird. Okay, cats are out to get you. You spend half your time up there worried about falling. If you're scared of heights, I mean, come on, all bets are off. But, but so if birds are on something, okay, and, and they ingest it, wouldn't it come out the other end? <laughs> I don't think they should be used in the way they're being used now, insists the lead author for this article. Uh, that is a study that found this, which is partly funded by the Roadside Drug Test Innocence Alliance, a group that was created after the Fox 5 investigation a couple years ago. 82 law enforcement agencies agreed to a nationwide invitation to cooperate with the study, representing 22.5 million citizens. And I think that's how many people are in the uh, areas that these law enforcement people uh, cover. The result is a stunning estimate. They came to the conclusion that 30,000 Americans are falsely arrested each year due to faulty field test results. Faulty field test results resulting in 30,000 Americans being arrested who shouldn't be. What is different from our estimate to your uh, terrific reporting on this for the information you were able to collect for Georgia, our estimate doesn't depend on those cases being submitted to labs at all. Not all cases and not all arrests are submitted to forensic labs. So the instructions on the box that come with the kit say that this is just a preliminary test. You need to double-check these results in a lab. So the people who make the roadside tests tell you, if you buy the test, that you should not rely on this as the be-all, end-all, final word on this. Because there's no national clearinghouse for roadside test results, the study authors used a combination of drug arrest statistics, a handful of department-level false positive audits, 
and the number of negative crime lab readings to make their estimates, admitting they relied on imperfect data. But still, the numbers are so large that even if it's plus or minus a little bit, it's still pretty bad. The study estimates a 3.7% failure rate, 3.7%, making these tests one of the largest, if not the largest, known contributing factor to wrongful arrests and convictions in the United States. Despite that, the Georgia Police Departments and Sheriff's Offices continue to use them, and that concerns the Executive Director of the Georgia Association of Chiefs of Police, Butch Ayers. It appears to be that there are a certain amount of false positives, he said, and if that's all the officers are relying on is just what that test said, then I think that's a high risk of putting somebody in jail who shouldn't be there. And again, that is the Executive Director of the Georgia Association of Chiefs of Police. Okay? So... Fox 5 asked the man to pull his 700-plus membership, and more than 100 responded by the deadline. 68% said they still use the test, but only 26% said they had a policy requiring additional evidence before making an arrest. And the question is, whether they do additional evidence or not, do they do a follow-up to make sure those tests are accurate? The study's author said Georgia is also the only state in the country where case law allows the results of a roadside test to be used at trial. Fox 5 team could find no examples of a case where the roadside test was the only evidence presented by prosecutors, however. Uh, So they say that it could be that getting extra evidence would help, um, and that might be what will ultimately be what it takes to avoid more people going to jail for simple possession of vitamins or cotton candy or bird droppings. (laughs) I am curious about the situation where the police felt a need to test bird droppings. Did they, did they find something like on the dashboard of a car and say that looks like that could be something bad when in reality it was a bird flying overhead with the sunroof open? I mean, wh- how, how, how do they get to testing that? Uh, that combination of reforms could significantly reduce or eliminate the issues that are stemming from these tests. The Fox 5i team reached out to the two biggest manufacturers of the test to comment on the study, neither of whom responded. And the interesting thing is that you can't blame them if they say, look, this is a preliminary test. Don't rely on it as being what you can use in court to convict somebody. So if this is a preliminary test and it goes, nope, that's not the stuff, then you go, okay, nothing to see here. If it says, yes, this is something you might be worried about, then check that out in a laboratory where they can do it more accurately. And that's true with a lot of things. You've heard of a preliminary breath test, okay, at PBT at the side of the road. No, 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 but the accurate one is the one they do at the station, okay? The breathalyzer is, is the big machine. It looks like a big old typewriter, like an IBM Selectric 2. <laughs> so there's all kinds of stuff going on here. But as you can imagine, if you're having a bad night and you get pulled over and the police wind up going through your stuff and they find something and they test it and they go, oh, this is some bad stuff here. Now, you can see a situation where that got used against you in court and you got convicted of possession of something that wasn't actually what the test said it was, that'd be a problem. But a lot of cases don't go to trial. They don't go to trial because the prosecutors offer the defense some kind of deal and say, look, you're up facing like four charges. We'll dismiss three of them. You plead guilty to one of them. And if a bunch of those charges are bogus because they're based on bad tests, that would radically change things. So instead of having the four charges you're facing bargain down to one, you're facing one charge. Suddenly, suddenly the case looks a lot better from your perspective if you're the defendant. 
And likewise, I mean, I can think of all kinds of crazy examples. Let's suppose that you went, and, and I'm not saying you should do this, but let's suppose that, that, that somebody went and bought something from a stranger, and they thought it was bad. They thought it was bad. They paid full price for it. They thought it was bad stuff. You know what I'm talking about, legally. And before they've had a chance to ingest it, um, when they would have found out it was nothing but um, just baking soda, um, they get pulled over by a police officer who goes, oh, I just tested this. This comes back positive for this, that, or the other thing. It's not. <laughs> you got ripped off, <laughs> and now you're going to jail. And so there's all kinds of problems here. But one of the things that we have a problem with as people is the advances that we can see with our own eyes during our own lifetimes, depending on how old you are, and also just going back a couple generations, okay? So my grandfather was born before an airplane flew, and he lived to see a man walk on the moon, okay? My grandmother lived in a house with no plumbing in it. And, 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 and now, of course, these things are unthinkable, right, in, in generally speaking. The, the, the idea that you have a house with, with no plumbing, uh, no electricity, uh, no telephone. What, what telephone? What, what's a telephone? <laughs> Telephones were around. They just, weren't, they, they just hadn't made it that corner of the, of the world yet. And so we see these improvements coming along, and it's true, some of these things don't happen. We were told a long time ago we'd have jetpacks and flying cars by now. We might have flying cars. It's hard to tell. But, but jetpacks um, aren't a common consumer good that you can buy through Brookstone just yet. However, a lot of the things we were told have come true. There will come a time when you'll have a little device that you can put in your pocket, that you can communicate with, video chat with, send photographs, do all kinds of stuff with this little tiny thing that goes in your pocket. So, so when someone tells you, oh, we've got a test, all you got to do is take a little sample and put it in here and if it turns blue, boom, arrest the person. That sounds reasonable. Turns out it's not. Turns out it's not. So, again, maybe a thousand people in Georgia wrongly busted due to false positives here, and they think that perhaps 30,000 Americans are falsely arrested each year due to faulty field test results. And so the short-term answer here, obviously, if you're a defense attorney or a defendant going to court on a case where they tested your stuff at the roadside, get it tested in a real lab. There's a good chance the test was a false positive. That's, that's number one. Uh, number two, law enforcement really needs to take a look at this and go, okay, these things aren't as accurate as we thought they were. We need to treat it that way. Makes sense, right? So crazy story, but a study says that nearly 1,000 Georgians wrongly busted due to false positive drug field tests. Randy Travis wrote that for the I team at Fox 5 Atlanta. They do great work, obviously. Malcolm and John both sent it. Thanks a lot. Questions, your comments, put them below. Let's talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thank you for watching Lato's Law. Sometimes the most scenic roads in life are the detours you didn't mean to take.
Sometimes the most scenic roads in life are the detours you didn't mean to take.